course, this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, obviously, it's very warm outside. Is it? Is it busy in your line of work these days? Uh, yeah, it's busy all year round, Rob, to be honest with you. Play, you know, people want the hot water and what have you, don't they? So, we do a lot of service, we do a lot of travelling as well. So, uh, yeah, do myself a little uh, playlist of 80s music, electronic 80s. I'm banging to that at the moment. Watched mm-hmm. the programme on BBC4 the other night, so uh, downloaded that onto my Amazon Music and flying up and down the East Lanks and the M56 and M62 with my arm out of the windy. What a see me time. I'll be right out. So, yeah, I mean, I love the sunshine, like Parky was saying off air. So, it's great. It's grim in the, in the winter. Our job's grim in the winter, so you have to enjoy the, the summer, really, and uh, get it all right. You, you can drink plenty of water and, and what have you, can't you? And, yeah, I'm enjoying it, mate. It's good. I suppose all this travelling you're doing all up and down the East Lanks, there's plenty of Costa Coffees uh, visited, I suppose. I know where they all are, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, going a different one all the time. Today, it is really hard. Now it's probably the first day I've not had one for a while. It's been a bit too hot today, but... Um, yeah, every day is a cappuccino day, mate. It's uh, it's good, it's good. But tomorrow I might get back on it again. But today, today's been mega. I don't think it's a record today, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I've lost a bit of weight today in sweat. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the old big fight coming up, you don't want to hear that weight. No, 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 I'll be all right, mate. Don't worry about that. I'm prepared. I'll be all right. Good. <laughs> Joining on the show as ever, we've got Paul Parking. Are you a, a sun baby or a rain man, Parker? Definitely sunshine, mate. Definitely. <laughs> I have to, these last few days have been heaven for me. It, I, honestly, I know people have they have their their trials and tribulations in the sun. It, it can stay like this now for me. I'm actually looking at the weather now, going. Oh, it's only going to be like 22 tomorrow. That's rubbish. You know, going to the match on Sunday, turning up in me, you know, in, in a in a t-shirt and just it made a difference. It made me feel better. And I, I don't know. I think the atmosphere was better at the game for some reason. The crowd were more up for it. I just I don't know something about the sun that makes you feel good, isn't it? So yeah, I feel for my dog and his big fur coat. He's not loving it, but uh, yeah, I'll have to shave him. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely love it, mate. I love the sunshine. I'm looking forward to a summer holiday as well, yeah. So I'll get more of it. So I'm trying to get a tan now before I go away mm. and look like, you know, the typical English man abroad, just pale like a pint of milk. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I love it, mate. Love it. I hope, uh, I hope it continues. As I say, you've both got dogs. Do you ever catch your dog looking at you in, in, in envy that they're bone and you're not, Parker? All day. He mopes about. I feel so sorry for him. Even now, he's just crashed out on the floor. He can't find anywhere cool for long, you know. Went out uh, and bought him a new mat the other day. It's one of these, it's a cool mat. So when he lies on it, it gets cooler. Mm. He won't lie on it. Oh. Um, he, just, he, get, he gets out to it, looks at it and goes, I'm not lying on that. I'm going back in. But yeah, he, or he'll sit in the kitchen watching me outside. Mm. Just looking at me going, oh, it's all right for some. But he gets... It's, it's equal in the winter then. While I'm freezing and shivering and trying not to put the heating on because it's going to cost me my mortgage. Yeah. He's laughing because he's got this coat on. So swings and roundabouts, say. Eh? Yeah. And your dog Dixon uh, probably gets warm outrunning you if the uh, videos are, are true. Uh, yeah. Well, he's not. He's not been too bad. He like Parker said. He just sort of lies down. He goes in the kitchen and lies near the fridge. So or he goes in his crate in the garage and it's nice and cool in there. But. Um, He's, he's still full of energy and he's not been out for a walk for a few days because it's, it's too hot for him to go out but it'd be crazy to take him out I've, to be honest with me the amount of people I've seen walking dogs the last few days I can't believe it it's so warm you're thinking what are you doing but um, but you know he's he's becoming very naughty 
to be honest. Exactly. Really. He's, he's got a proper character. He nicked Ellen steak last week. She had yeah. um, like a sirloin steak for the tea. Whipped it off the kitchen top. He's in garden eating it. We were like, where's, where's that food gone? He's out there with it. Because so, he gets up and sort of pulls stuff. He's so clever, but he's he's really naughty, really naughty. But yeah, he's a good character. It's a good character. Parkin, does your, uh, <laughs> does your dog have any, any criminal tendencies? Oh, well, but he's, he's obsessed by food. Obsessed by it. You put anything down, it's gone. The other yeah. one is alcohol. Huh? Now, I've cut it out of my life, but there are still people in this house that haven't. And you put a glass down, especially a glass of wine, yeah. he's, he's, he's in it. And they're not good for him, these grapes, but um, he's got a real taste for it. So that and food, yeah, he, he won't leave it. Anything else, he's, he's lazy as anything. He doesn't want to move. Mm. But as soon as you've got food, in fact, the neighbours were, were cooking something earlier on. And he come running out and jumped up at the fence just so he could smell what they were cooking. I mean, he's embarrassing at times, he is. But, uh, yeah, like, like Paul says, he's another good character, to be fair. He keeps me company. It sounds a bit like running outside when he smells, uh, smells food. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a bit like me. Anyway, uh, yeah, so make sure you keep uh, pets cold, especially in the warm conditions. Let's talk rugby. Big win for Salford this week. We'll talk about the Catalan win. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week, and then we're going to preview all the matches uh, that we've got this weekend. So we'll start with Salford's win at Catalan at Dragons. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious at home to Catalan Dragons. They won 32 points to six. Uh, Paul, talk us through it. Yeah, it, well, it was a, a funny start. One of your Catalan got a try from, from a kick through. He went, went 6-0 down and after that, I thought it was tremendous after that. I mean, the first half, we didn't have a lot of chances. You know, Catalan had all the ball. And you know, my dad saying to me, God, we've only been down there twice. And, you know, we scored two tries. And, and they were good tries as well. Well, I mean, Ken Seals' first try. I mean, how he scored that, there was no room for him there. He had no right to score. He somehow found a, a bit of space and got over. And then I think Briley kicked through for the other one. Very clever kick. And, you know, with the conditions and that, I thought the, the kicking the penalty goal was, was the right thing to do right on half-time. And um, the second half, I think Danny had he got tackled into touch. We didn't touch the ball for about eight minutes in the second half. I think they had six sets of six, then a repeat set. And how we defended that against that Catalan side in that heat, I thought was absolutely outstanding. For, for a side that's um, got no backbone, I thought it was uh, tremendous, really. So... Uh, you know, it was, it was a it was a great display, best performance for me for the season. I thought I thought that's one of the best displays I've seen since that Wigan playoff game. Just just for the resilience and attack and defence, and we scored five cracking tries. But to me, the defence eclipsed the tries. It was absolutely sensational stuff. And to beat them thirty two six, I mean they're they're probably going to finish in the top four or five, aren't they? Maybe playoffs. Not many teams will do that to them. I thought it was it was excellent, but I won't waffle on. I'll let you talk about the other tries and that. But no, it was a, it was a great display, Rob. Really was. Yeah, well, we'll talk about backbones in a bit, Parky. But I, I thought, like <laughs> like Paul said, defence uh, just first half, first half of the second half was was sensational. And yeah, we were under the cosh, and it kind of for me reminded me of that moment in in the seasons where if they score, our season kind of could unravel there, especially because you've got like back to back sets. Yeah, I thought it was you know a great effort. Echoing what Paul said there about that defence, I mean it's an old adage that defence wins your games, hmm. and it certainly did. 
Uh, I think in the first half, I don't know, me and my brother having a chat and saying we just didn't feel it. It didn't feel like it was going to be our day. Mm. Even before, obviously, before the game, you looked at the two lineups and you thought, you know, it's, it's even in their conditions, if you like. You know, it was a gloriously sunny, warm day. How are we going to handle it? Brought the lad in, Halliwell, from, from Feb. And we, we strung together just, well, all together with, with rope or something. And I thought, before the game, I thought, this this could be a bloodbath today if they cut loose. And then in that first half, like Paul said, we just stayed in it. We did we did what we had to do. We defended after they scored. And they went from early on, was it, six, seven, eight minutes all the way through there and didn't didn't score. I mean, yeah, that that's a magnificent effort. But that at the start of the second half, defensive set, you saw it in the crowd, how we lifted everybody in the ground. Both, you know, I was in the West Stand, you could hear the South Stand going mad. The referee was giving them penalty after penalty for or restarts, just for things that I don't know. I, you know, everyone knows how bad my eyes are, but it didn't look like every single one was a, a you know a bad incident. But either way, you know, we, we had to defend it and we did. And they stuck at it. And, and some of the one-on-one defending, that last ditch stuff, that's that just shows what what pride these lads have got in in that shirt and what you know and, and in themselves as pros to say that you know you, you can keep going but you're not getting past us and for eight minutes, I mean that's not you know that's not two or three sets that's hard hard work in that heat against a pack the size of theirs, and I think that broke them. I think that ten minutes there or whatever broke them. I think they thought that's it. How do we score? What do we have to do to get through these? And at that point, the game turned and and like at Warrington, once we got on top. We were unstoppable and we it felt like we could score every time we got the ball after that. Just magnificent. But that defensive effort is it's not only something to be proud of, it, it's something that you, you could show people as a training manual, you know, and say, look, this is how you defend your try line, set after set. Uh, and they let's not let's not forget they've got some real quality, Catalan. Especially, you know, our fact there's, there's players there that do a lot of damage. Didn't look like going over, and uh, I was just so happy. And then when it, when that last play went out into touch, and the crowd just went up, oh, you just thought, "That's it. That was the relief. We've done that. Mm. The hard work's over now. Let's go." Yeah, lifted everybody. I think it was great. The thing with, with Catalan for me, which puddled me, was they've got big forwards, but their plan was basically just go down the middle in like a twenty-yard sort of sort of box, we'll call it, and it kind of helped. I thought that. It was knock, we knocked on a couple of times. We gave a couple of penalties away, so there was a, a set line, so they couldn't break us down, which was which was which was a good thing as well. So yeah, fantastic effort. Um, but I think it was a bit good defence, but also a bit of game management in there as well. Uh, Paul. Yeah, I thought we managed the game really well. Um, I thought you know Sneedy's kicking game was, was pretty good. I mean, like you said, they're a big pack Catalans, and it was a red hot day, wasn't it? And I know they're used to that weather. Because it's like that a lot in the south of France, but I thought we we turned them round well. We moved the ball when we needed to. I thought Andy Acker's probably had his best game for us. He was so dangerous. But again, I watched the Super League show today, and and the commentator was like more or less saying, "Oh, it's a, it's a simple trial." And I thought it's not. You look at it; it's great play. I think sometimes some of the these pundits and people need to actually look at our videos. Some of the rugby league we're playing, it's. It's the best I've, I've seen since I've been watching the club. You know, it's been some great tries and I thought Akers was superb and Catalans didn't really have an answer. Like Pikey just said then, we looked like we were going to score every time we had the ball. We really did. And, um, you know, Ken Steele getting his hat-trick, I mean, he's a great finisher. You, you know, your centres there, Tim Lafayette and Dion Cross, I thought were outstanding. The pack was great. Everybody did the job in attack and defence and, and that's all you can ask. If you number up and, and, and make that tackle and make it count, 
you're going to be dangerous, aren't you? Team, I think they just found us so hard to break down and, and it just frustrated the Catalan, really. And Yeah, like like Parkinson, you look at the, the, the attacking threats, they've got Tompkins, Mitchell Pearce, Josh Drinkwater. These are you know, proper top players, aren't they? And yeah. I thought we did a real job on them. Yeah. I think Whiteley going off for them early as well was was a, was yeah. a key thing because <clears throat> he was sort of menacing them for the first few minutes. You know, like you said, you know, you're, you've got great defenders, but if you've got Ken Seo on, on the wing, Parker, you know, popping up with three tries, uh, you, you've got a big chance of winning. Yeah, well, like Paul said, you, you know he's going to finish. If you give him the chance, he's going to finish that first try. I, I've watched it a few times now and I'm still not sure how he got through and how he got the ball down. It, yeah, just tremendous effort. But the, the threats in our back line, we say every week, you know, we can score from anywhere, really. Mm. The, the trouble we've got going forward all the time is is our pack. Is If we've got enough bodies, are we going to you know, be able to stay in the game? And on Sunday, in that heat against a pack like that, they were phenomenal. Alex Gerrard, Elijah Taylor must have been in every tackle, I think. I don't. He seemed to be everywhere. I don't know how he did it. Mm. He looked knackered after 10 minutes and yet carried on. Paul's mentioned Akers, Ormond right again. He's just getting better every week at the moment. You know, you look at that pack and you're thinking, that's a depleted pack by, what, six or seven players probably in terms of what our squad is. And they just stood up to him time and time again and then and never took a backward step. And every time we got the ball, we went forward. And like you say, they've created that all that, that space and done all that work. So Kenny Seo can go over and get, get our trick and, you know, Ryan Brealey can, can find gaps. Superb effort from them forwards, and you know, I, I, it's just a shame we have to keep going to the well so much mm. with the same bunch of lads because they need a week off at least. Up to seventh, though, Paul, and that's that's the thing. Obviously, we, we've we've lived through one fairy tale season. Are we due another one? I think the way Paul Rowley's got that team playing, the, he, I think he's he's motivated by what people say. There's no doubt about that. He took Ryan Briley and, and, and Andy Ackers into the press conference and I thought that was a nice touch. I was loitering outside the, the change rooms and our imaging was with us and she went, God, all these have got changed quick. And I said, well, these are the injured players. And I think we counted about eight players that come out well, one after the other. You know, Vunny Ayuar, Shane Wright, Morgan Escaday, you can name the rest of them, James Greenwood, King Vunny Ayuar. There was loads of them. Harvey Levet, Tyler Dupree. It, it's like a team. And, and I thought... That, that team that, that Rowley picks more or less picks itself because there's only 17 players. So you're more or less, you're all playing, but it just depends what position you're going in and who's going on the bench because you can't change it round because there's, there's no one there to pick. So it's, it's a great effort. And I mean, the lad that came in on loan from Featherstone, Helliwell, I thought he was, was great. He stood up and was counted. And another player I think deserves a special mention was Danny Addy. I think he had his best game for Salford on Sunday. I mean, he got tackled into touch start of the second half. But after that, he ran the ball in so hard and tackled. He was in a lot of the tackles. And, you know, I've been a bit of a critic of him in the past, but I thought he, he really stood up and, um, and was counted. So, uh, so, yeah, as you say, I think that the spirit that the team's got at the moment, it's... Um, it's a backs against the wall spirit, you know, siege mentality. But Paul, I think Paul really loves a bit of that. But, you know, he's getting the best out of the players. So, you know, long may that continue. Ian Watson was a great psychologist, I thought, Parker. Paul Rowley, for me, is more about we rather than I or you. But he seems to be uh, working his magic at the moment. Yeah, you know, I mean, we said start of the season or early part of the season that he, he doesn't get too high when we win, he doesn't get too low when we lose. Mm. He's just in control and he knows what he can and can't do and what the team can and can't do. 
Um, and I don't think he's the kind of manager who would ask him to do something he didn't think he could. Mm. You know what I mean? He knows where we are. The difference between maybe 2019 and now is we were very lucky that year with injuries. Very, very lucky. We didn't get very many at all in, in 2019. This year, it's every single week we lose another player. And that's going to be our downfall if there is one for, for making the playoffs. Is We're just going to run out of bodies. If you could get our, our... I don't even know what our best team is now, to be honest with you. But if you could get what you would consider maybe the best players out there, we'll... we'll, we'll the way we're playing now, we'll really give someone a, a shot. And you wouldn't want to play as in a player in a one-off game because we could we could do some damage. The trouble is getting bodies on the park, you know, and it's not just we lose one for a week, we lose them for the year. Mm. And that's gonna that's that's the only problem I can see for us. I think it was Matt, me and Paul did the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago when we were saying about this this mentality that he's built up, Paul Roller. And like you just said there, Robert, it, it, it's us against them. Mm. Everybody wants to write us off. Everybody wants to have a, a big at little Salford. You know what I mean? And, and he sort of drummed that into the players now and said, are you, listen, are you listening to what they're saying? What these people think of you as a, as a professional? Never mind as anything else. And it, I think, I think it, that defence on, on Sunday just proved that, 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 that mentality is definitely there. And as I say, I, I don't think many teams would fancy playing us in a playoff game. Not in a one-off game, definitely not. Paul, you spoke to Chris Atkin, Dion Cross and Brodie Croft after the game. This is what they had to say. Right, I'm delighted to say I caught up with Dion Cross for the first time this season. I've been after you. How do you think it went today, mate? Great performance. Oh, fantastic performance. Um, I think before the game, you know, we spoke about our attitude. Um, and, you know, we put all our energy into defence and the sort of, you know, our attack and look after itself. And... You know, especially in that heat today as well, you know, big wrap to the to the middles and I thought, you know, on the edges as well, we defended really well and we know we got the rewards off the back of that scoring nice tries. You know, we can see the tries at eight minutes and keep a tight team out like Catalans who were, yeah. you know, top top four, right? Top four side, big massive pack of forwards. How tough is it out there to keep them out? Yeah, it's tough, especially I think we defended seven sets in yeah, just after half time on yeah. our own line and you know, that's just an attitude thing, I think, and you know, showing desperation, uh, great attitude and commitment, you know, stops and tries because there were some good players what they did, and you know, we did well to you know, stop the key men. Do you think you're in the form of your career at the moment? You're enjoying it here at Salford? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, it's just my first year full time, never been full time before, never played Super League, so still adapting. And you know, my goal is to just take it week by week. and you know, just to make sure my performances, I get the key game better every week. And hopefully, you know, by next season, I've got a full year under development. Hopefully, I can get a crack at trying to get into my show. Oh, you found it going full-time? Because, I mean, you wouldn't think so, looking at you. I mean, you settled in at Salford, yeah. you're playing great stuff, you're scoring tries. You didn't yeah. get one today, but you, you've been in sort of rich frame of form scoring tries. Have you just took to like a duck to water, really? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, I've got a great group around me. Uh, you know, we look after you. Uh, great, you know, coaches. And, you know, I think uh, Rolls and Haggy and Danny Hall, you know, they were really tough on me at the start. And, you know, that sort of set me up for, you know, these games. Did you need that, though? Yeah, I think I needed it. You know, just sometimes if I'm not pulling my weight, just give me that kick up the backside. To, Did you have a job then before on. you went full-time? Yeah, I had a job, yeah. So I was right. working with um, lads who get kicked out to high school. So I was working right. with them in alternative education. So juggling that in part-time rugby. So it was tough, but, you know, I'm just taking it week by week and I don't want to go back to working nine to five and then train on the night, you know, I want to make sure I'm playing my best and stay full-time. Got big weather again next week, got to go to Toulouse. That's going to be a, going to be tough over there. They're on a good run of form. I think they've won three or four games on the trot, haven't they? But 
you as a team now looking up the table rather than down? Yeah, yeah, we're always looking up. Um, you know, we're always looking at who we can catch next. And you know, we just take it week by week, focus on ourselves, and uh, you know, just focus on ourselves. And like I said, the performance is showing on the field. I think this season you become the entertainers because some of the rugby and some of the tries yeah. are scoring, particularly some of the tries you yeah. scored have been quality, haven't they? Oh, brilliant! You know, you look at some of the tries. I reckon 50, 60% of them has come out of our own half. So we throw the ball about, and that's a great thing about playing in this team, especially for me as a centre. And you know, Kenny as a winger. You know, you're throwing the ball about. It's, you know, everyone's dreaming it. He scored an attic today, but a lot of that's down to you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dio. Thanks cheers, for joining mate. us, mate. I'm delighted to have enjoyed my try score of Brodie Croft. Hot day out there today. What a performance. Do you think that's the best performance the team's put in this season? Yeah, certainly defensively. I thought they really showed up there, particularly at the start of the second half, and they had eight, nine minutes with the ball before we actually got the ball. So I thought, um, yeah, we just showed a lot of resolve and resilience, and, um, and yeah, it was really good to, to get the rewards in the end. You don't mind doing the tough stuff either, do you? Doing the defence, defensive work, you know, scoring the tries is great, but I think your defence has been outstanding at half-back this season. Thank you. I think um, it's on the back of the whole team. I think we're all defending really well, working hard for each other. Um, and then that's what we build our, build our games off. And we played really well, it's been on the back of our defence. Yeah, we've got a lot of attacking weapons in our team right across the park, but it's built on the back of our defence. So. It's a bit of adversity as well. I mean, last week I spoke to some of the players coming out, they were better than Bruges, you lost Tyler Dupree, Harvey Levet. Massive blow that, and then to come out and put a performance like that against a side who are in the top four in the table must give you an awful lot of confidence now. Going to France next week is going to be another tough game. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think yeah, one of the big things about this team is the resilience that we have. Um, we can just keep building every week, but that resilience that's underlying us as a, as a whole, as a unit, I think... Um, yeah, we've been, had a lot of adversity this year. We've got heaps of injuries. I mean, the rehab, so many guys in rehab at the moment, but the guys that keep coming in, everyone just keeps turning up for each other, um, working hard at training, and it's good to get the rewards when we work hard at training, work hard in the footy field, and then yeah, get the success at the end of it. Was a heat pretty easy for you today? Because you're used to it, aren't you, Australia? <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't played in a game like that. Well, last weekend was a hot one as well, but, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, it's good to play in the heat again. I like playing in the heat. Um, yeah, coming from Australia, but also just as a little fella, you know that even when I'm when I'm hurting, the other guys on the other team, the bigger boys, they're going to be hurting just even more than myself. So, um, yeah, try to take on those those opportunities. Thanks very much for joining us, Brody. Best awesome. luck next week in France, mate. Thanks very yeah. much. So, like Chris Atkin joins me. How tough was it out there? I mean, I mentioned it last week when we did the interviews at Newcastle. It's even hotter today. Yeah, even hotter today. Um, probably a little preparation probably for France next week, but. Yeah, tough conditions, but I thought, you know, I know I went on in the middle uh, for part of the game, but some of the some of the effort from the lads, uh, Andy Ackers and people like that, some of the efforts was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, to keep Catalans out, I mean, they scored after eight minutes, 72 minutes, you kept them out. I think the start of that second half, they had six sets of six. That's that's some discipline. Is that what pleased Paul Roller the most, rather than the tries? Yeah, I think so. I think that's all he spoke about um, when we come into the changing rooms at the end. Then, and it was something we spoke about this week um, and before the game about few things about emotion and, and particularly defence um, so we were you know we had maybe a point to prove um, to other people but um, it was about ourselves and we knew what we could do and obviously we turned up for each other today. We had some good wins this season, Cassaway, the Wakefield 70 points, Warrington away, is this probably the best one? Uh, it's probably up there I think this one and, and maybe Warrington um, for the occasion and, and going, going away from home and getting that win. And building off that Wakefield performance was massive but yeah again this uh, we were Catalan right in the season and 
and we're we're we're, we're building and aiming for is definitely another big tick in the box for us. How tough is it in the week leading up to the games? Because I mean, half the time you've not even got a squad have you to, to to pick from. I think it's like the 19 players there, and someone's came on loan, Ben Ellie. Well, I think he did really well. It must be difficult, you know, prep preparing for games when you're down to the bare bones. Yeah, I think um, obviously the coaching staff and, and physios and conditioners are really working hard behind the scenes to get as many players as we can on the field and. Um, we, we just talk about whoever is out there, we, we do our best for, for the team and whatever job we're asked to do, um, we're going to do it with our best of our ability. So um, that's probably what's got us a, such a tight group. There is a few numbers and we've sort of got to rely on, on what we've got and, and that's probably why we're doing so well. I can't see it being this hot in Toulouse next week, can you? Uh, maybe, <laughs> it's, you know, I think Morgan's keeping an eye on it in France and he's saying it's getting to mid-30s, maybe 40s at some point, so you never know. Take it easy, mate, safe journey and thanks Cheers. for speaking to us. So, Paul, Chris Atkin, Dion Cross and Brodie Croft, uh, happy with the result? Yeah, yeah, they were. And they, they're all delighted with the way they're playing. You can see there's a real good sort of bond between the, the players. And the, when you speak to everybody, you're down to earth. Paul Rowley has got a real tight-knit group of players there. And it, it's a shame with the injuries. I mean, we lost um, Sam this week. Suspension, that's another player that's going to be out. I don't think there was any major injuries from the game at the weekend, but but no, we're doing it tough at the moment, aren't we? But, uh, but the players are in good spirit. There's no doubt about that. Brody Croft, I think he's loving his time at Sol, but isn't he? Dion Cross, another another. Well, to me, he's been one of the finds of the season. I think he's a cracking player. He's just tucked to Super League like a duck to water. Um, you know, you talk about Ken Seo scoring three tries, but a lot of them have been off uh, off Dion's assists. Um, so yeah, and Chris Atkin as well. I mean. He's a, he's a top player, Chris. I mean, he, he probably getting more sides in Super League. He's 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 worth his weight in gold. I think the way he comes on and speeds the game up. He's he can play in, in in a whole ton of positions. He's a goal kicker. He can manage a game. He's just a really useful player to have around the squad. And I think what you've got with Chris is he's a good character as well. He's not a guy that sulks when he doesn't get picked. He, he's a guy that can you know teach the the younger players in their squad. And I think he's a good character. I think that's what. I notice about that team a lot. He's, he's full of good characters. There's nobody in there you say, well, he's a bit of a bad apple in me, or he sulks and he takes his ball. Or they don't. They all want to be in it together. And when you're like that, that's that's like that 2019 team. You're dangerous, aren't you? It sounded like you were uh, stalking Dion Cross. What do you say? I've been after you for a while. You could hear the nervous <laughs> laughter. <laughs> but you know, he talks about you know his his you know his previous yeah. career before he, he he played rugby, and you know he's he's really want. Con and uh, cement uh, a Super League space, space for himself. Yeah, and, and he's a nice lad as well. I mean, when we speak to all the players, they, they like that. They, there's no sort of egos or anything, and they've always got time for you. And I think Dion's just happy that he's, he's playing full time rugby league, isn't he? And there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I can think of other clubs in, in the league, and you've got, you've got big name players playing for them, but they're struggling for form and stuff like that. And they've got a load of egos to manage. We can all name these clubs, can't we? I'm not going to go into it, but I think at Salford, you've got a happy bunch, really. I think Paul Rowley keeps the feet on the ground. They're all working together. There's not that sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? They're not sort of above the station, if you like. They, they just go out there and do the job. I think they're happy. I think there's a lot to be said for that. If you're happy going to work, whether you, you're doing what I do for a living or you're a brick player or you're a rugby player or whatever, he's better. And there's a real good philosophy at Salford and a feel-good factor. And I mean, you look at everything around the club with the ladies team, all the other teams we've got, the, the, the disability team and things like that. There's so many good stories, but we're the only ones who tend to talk about it. A lot of other journalists and, and, mm. and media, I'm going I'm going about the, the guy on Sky at the weekend, Mr. Uh, no Backbone, 
Mm-hmm. Why, why can't we talk about Salford in a good light? Nobody ever seems to do that. And it frustrates me sometimes. They, they all talk about good little Castleford and the nice ground and all that. And, but no one ever gives us any credit. And I think it's about time they did. Indeed. But it's a, a difficult situation to prove that there's a conspiracy going on. Because there's nobody out there. You can't really pin anyone down to say why. But it is one of the things, isn't it, Parky, I suppose, that you know we, we don't usually get the credit we deserve in a way. Said it, I probably said it last year and the year before about what goes on with the, the development team at Salford. And then, obviously, now we've, we've moved on with extra with the ladies' team and the, the, the learning disability team and everything else, is that the problem is with Salford is we never shout about it as a club. We never make people aware of what we do and who we are. And that's why journalists, what you know what I mean? You've got to you got to feed these people. You've got to get them interested. Mm. You know, some certain pundits on TV, not interested anyway. You could say what you want, they're not interested. But local press, you know, is it ever in? I don't, I don't get an evening news anymore. But you know, does anything we do as a club ever feature, or is it just maybe a couple of days before the match that we've got a match that weekend and they've listened to the, what the coaches said? You know, we need to get that message out ourselves. That's a massive thing for us. Um, but as a club, there is there is a feel-good factor. And, and it's, it's strange, really, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we're only mid-table in a, in a league. You know what I mean? We're not, there's nothing great kind of... You don't see it if you're from the outside. You look at the table and go, all right, well, that's it. But it's what's going on in the club. And we've got to get that out there. We've got to shout about who we are. Just going back to the interviews, it was it was great to hear Dion Cross. I didn't know he had a voice. <laughs> I've never heard him speak. Anything never been on the telly or anything. Has he? He's just uh, well, what a signing! What an unbelievable signing he's been. I dare say, and I don't want to go into you know personal details, but I dare say he's not on a hefty amount of money either. Hmm. Um, what a place! But he's got to be one of the form centres in Super League. Without he went on that try scoring run, didn't he? He scored five tries in five games, and then this week. He's had his hand, you know, in, in making sure Kenny Seal gets another hat trick and gets his tally up to 19. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're coming from, you know, that, that side of the pitch. Brilliant stuff. Um, but overall, I just think that, that the club needs to perhaps shout about what, who we are and what we do a little bit more. And, and then other people will start taking interest. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Ryan Briley, Andy Ackers and Paul Rowley in the press conference. This is what they had to say. Andy, what was it like in the middle in that heat? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I thought, obviously, we've been carrying Chris Atkin on the bench, and he's, he's been obviously um, replacing me. But I kept seeing him coming on, and Danny all running on us there, saying, "You're staying on as well. You're both staying at night." And I was like, looking up, trying to get eye contact with all sorts. I get, give me a minute, you know. But uh, like I'm one of them players. I'll, you, you put me in there, and I'll just keep doing my job and keep doing my job until obviously that whistle blows, you know. So yeah, if it was 80 minutes, I'd, I'd play 80 minutes, but. I got 70 minutes and it was tough, but you can make excuses, but <clears throat> we don't, we're not seeing that makes excuses. You know, uh, say a hat-trick today, Ryan, obviously he's on, your, he's on the wing, he's, he, you, know, give, you give him the ball and he scores the try. Yeah, I just want to give him 10% of his wage. Yeah. And that's <laughs> um, no, Kenny, I think ultimately you can talk about uh, all the assists and all that kind of stuff, but Kenny's still got to put the ball down. <coughs> some, of his, some of his finishing, is, uh, he's got no right to score, really. Um, he's an unbelievable player and I think the best part about it is he's such a great person to be around um, and that's what Paul builds, he builds a culture of good people first um, and that's ultimately why I obviously enjoy playing with him so much and uh, playing under him so much so I, I think I'm in a good place, again I, I don't want to 
um, just be, be or be too high or too, or too low because rugby league changes very quickly, doesn't it? So we'll just keep trying our hardest and um, keep working out, and you never know what can happen. Yeah, you say you talk about sort of being offended when people say it's off the rugby. What would you call it then? Um, process, uh, shape driven, a passing team. I want, yeah, again, and that obviously I've played in the role for, for many years, and that phrase gets thrown a lot off the cuff, off the cuff, off love. You just throw it anywhere, and that, again, it probably insults me more than, more than him. Um, you don't really care, but it, it, it bugs me because I'm a big part of that transition coming out of our own end. Um, I'm probably the, the, the boss of that, I suppose. So when, they get, when we get thrown out as off the cuff, I'm thinking, well, that, that questioned me, and that questioned my leadership ability from the back to, to play and, and be brave in that. So um, probably don't bug these too as much as it, it bugs me, to be honest. I think, I think, what, I think what you'll see is if, if they watch a video back, a game back with, and you sat with them, they could put on they could recognise and put a name to each shirt that's going on. So what you would say is off the cuff is something there that's been practised and manipulated. And so it's a, it's a game of sequences and manipulated situations, which every team does. Uh, it just so happens that uh, we probably play a little bit upside down to most teams and, and, and we'll, we'll play a bit more in certain areas than others will. So we're, we're a little bit less risk averse, if that's the, the case. But um, I always vowed you know, to coach to win, not try and not lose, if that makes sense. So we'll attack every situation given. And if it's a 2v1 on their trial line and it's a 2v1 on our trial line, it doesn't make any difference. So it's, it's, it's not magic, it's just the way we do it. Do you think that was one of our best performances, given the heat and the opposition and the squad situation? Yeah, yeah, 100%, uh, because of the defence, really. And then what we did on the back of defence. So the, the way that we got ourselves out of tough situations by playing, uh, it's very brave, very highly skilled, so they work really hard. So, proud of them. Tell who's next week, they're fighting, they're fighting for their lives. Be a big game, that Yeah, yeah, they're a good team. You know, you, if you look at the team on paper, they're a good team. Uh, so obviously there'll be a lot of chat about the heat and stuff, but it's, it's, I guess it's the same for both sides. We, we, we've got us three with playing in Toronto or there where I'm coaching but so we know what that's all about um, and again I'll ask the same commitment and, and whatever happens I'll, I'll be able to sit at the end and I'll know they'd give full commitment so we, we, I guess that eases the stress we know what each other's about we have 100% trust uh, and if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but we'll give every bit of effort that we, we can possibly give. Yeah, and obviously Ryan, you know, going to, to France, is that kind of a, any different preparation-wise, obviously, you know, going to France? Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting away. <laughs> so, um, to the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It, I just think, um, in, in rugby league, if you, if you play an opportunity to travel and stuff, and I've always liked that kind of element of, of the sport, to, to get away, with, and especially when you can go with your, with your best mates as well, that's, that's pretty nice. So, um, I, I get Toulouse are a, a great team, for me, it's no different to, to any other game that they want the winners just as much as we do. So, um, big game, but I think from now on, every game will be big for us. We, we've got something to fight for, um, and I think you'll see the the best version of us for the next next nine, ten weeks or so. So that was Ryan Browley, Andy Ackers, and Paul Rowley. Paul talking to me, and I, obviously Andy Ackers in the middle. You know, on a hot day, he said it was a tough old uh, day. He was looking for Chris Hacking to come on, but he came on and uh, Hackers didn't go off. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, to, to be honest, I thought I thought they were both great. I thought Andy Ackers was superb. That pass he got out, you know, for Brody Cross try. It was terrific, a terrific bit of play. And you know, just looking at the the spine of the team, when you look at the way you know Briley's linking up with Brody Croft, Mark Sneed, you have Andy Ackers there as well. Uh, Elijah Taylor, well, like Gerard, loose forward as well. I think Gerard's a very, very useful player. They, they all link really, really well. And it's like, when you watch the tries, sometimes you think, blimey, that's just come off the training ground. So what they're doing on the training pitch, they bring into the game because it, it really does work. And I know Ryan Braley's been a bit of a critic of saying, you know, we're not an off-the-cuff team because people have said that to him. And I don't think we are. I think it's very, very well planned what, what we do. And um, you've only got to look at the points going on the league table. We're up there for, you know, our, our points difference now, I think we're minus seven. So if you look at a couple of sides above us, we're, we're a lot better at our points than the whole. So if we can get a result this weekend in Toulouse, could even creep up into that top six. So, um, so yeah, I'm a bit cautious, a bit like Parky is because of the injury situation. I think, you know, there's a chance that we could run out of steam. We could run out of players, which would be a real terrible, terrible shame. I think we've been really unlucky with injuries this season and the, the size of the squad. But let's just hope we can keep fighting and, and get one or two bodies back because... I believe Shane Wright's not far off from from coming back, as he, he he looks like he's on the mend now. So he'd be a big boost to the team. And I don't know about Dan Sargison. I'm not too sure about Dan whether he's going to be back, whether he'd get back in the team anyway um, mm. at the moment because you know Lafay and, and Cross are playing really well. So we could just do with a few bodies back, couldn't we? Really. So um, other than that, the effort has been outstanding. I think, and uh, you know, performances you know are showing themselves. Yeah, Parky, I spoke to Ryan Bradley about the off the cuff tag, and he he says. Really, what it is, the way we play is process, shape-driven, passing team, as off the cuff. But I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, I mean, like Paul just said there, it probably does all come from the training pitch. You don't... It looks to us, or, you know, this style of rugby that we've played for the last two months or whatever, it looks like it's just made up. Mm. But it... It, it can't be made up because of the structure of, of how we score tries mm. when you watch it. But it happens that quickly in the, the ball movement. You know what I mean? We're not. We 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 said months ago, didn't we? There's no point Salford taking anyone up through the middle because most teams got a bigger pack than us, and we're not going anywhere. The OKR game away was a typical example of that. You know, we we just didn't get it right. As soon as we throw the ball about from even in our own half. You've got teams on the back foot because of them strike players we've got. And it's obviously a conscious decision and something they have to work on. Because you can't just get one player and think, you know what, I'm just going to launch this now. You know, it can it can happen in the last couple of minutes and you have a Hail Mary in any game. You know, Saints have done it for years. You know, that never right off the Saints stuff. But we're doing it from early on in the game. So there is some, there is obviously structure there. And Paul Rowling, Danny Orr and, and Kurt Agatha are obviously working on it with the boys. And they're taking it in. And they, you know, they've realised that we have to change the way we played. We have to change the shape. We have to, you know, we have lost, I think we've probably lost, I don't know, six or seven forwards so far. And that, that you can't sustain that. So you have to find a new way of playing. And you look at our back line and go, that's tasty. Mm. That's really good. Let them do the work. Let them, you know what I mean? Get, get the ball moving. Drag these bigger forwards from other teams around the pitch. Create space. And it's working. Like you said before, Rob, I don't remember too many times ever watching rugby of this style from Salford. Mm. We've always been okay with the ball, but always been pretty weak in defence at times. At the moment, it just seems a whole package. Yeah. And you, we, like I said the other week, we're going to have off days. We will probably get a spanking before the end of the season playing this way. Because it only takes... 
I think like Reese Williams last week where things went wrong and went wrong and went wrong for him because he was trying harder to make up for every mistake he'd already... You know what I mean? That could happen to the team. You can throw the ball like we have done on, on Sunday, but it goes out into touch or the player drops it and they get the ball back in your app. At some point, that could happen quite easily. We've still got Saints to play. You know, we've, we've got good teams to, to come. We've got to go away to Headingley and, and, and you know, our, our luck there doesn't, doesn't exist. But... We've got to just keep playing that way. It's working for us. And all we've got to do is, well, if we do get a kick in somewhere, it's just go, well, that, you know, we expected that, but we wouldn't have won the last three of the last four or four of the last, you know, whatever it is. We, we wouldn't be in this position now if we didn't play that way. So I'm delighted. I just love watching it. I think it's, yeah. it's so entertaining. And like we said at the start, every time we get the ball, you think we're going to score. And teams can't handle that. No. We'll just feel the way. Hull FC away to sweaty games, if I remember rightly. But I think it's, it's good that the players just kind of are able, just kind of like take it out of the mind, and it doesn't affect them the game after they just go out and play the same way again. So that, that's fantastic. I, I think I'll just call it the Paul Rowley way. It's easy, it's easy than uh, finding other ways to describe it. Talking about Paul Rowley, uh, Paul, he talked about well, he talked about uh, game gameplay intelligence really and manipulating. Uh, certain situations and the players sort of learning how to do that. And uh, I suppose he's, he's right. He's, you know, we've developed as a team in the last uh, last season playing his way. Yeah, I think they're very bold the way they play. Um, you, you can see that there's there's a com- an air of confidence. They'll shift the ball. They'll shift the ball early in the tackle count. They're not afraid of pushing a pass. Uh, sometimes it's not always on, but they, they seem to like to play that way. I think that's the way Paul wants them to play one thing I've noticed last few weeks of support play the backing up mm. there's always somebody there like on Sunday Jack Armand comes from nowhere you know a second well second row come prop or I, I'd probably have him as a back row me but he tends to play prop doesn't he but the size of him he'd make a great back row but he's there he's got loads of pace and as soon as he got the ball uh, you felt sorry for that yard because you were just going <laughs> to run through him I just don't know why he celebrated to an empty stand because there's no one there. But, but no, the support play has been great. They've been the backing up has been there. There's always somebody in support. I think I said in my match report, Callum Watkins, he's having like a, a real sort of. I don't want to say the end of his career. He's, he's probably towards the back end of his career now, isn't he? Because he's been around such a long time. But um, you know, been decimated by injuries and you know, really, really struggling and come back to Salford and he's having a new lease of life. He's like a brand new player. And some of the passes he gets out, you see the class and the quality that he brings to the team. He's been a cracking signing for us. Really has been a cracking signing. Because he's a player that other players look up to and he brings the level up. So I think we've got a lovely blend there in the team at the moment. It's just a shame we're so light on numbers. But he keep proving us wrong, don't they? Paul Rowley keeps saying we've only got 17 fit players and then we go out on Lab Catalan. So you can't knock it at the moment. I mean, I'm enjoying this season. I've really enjoyed it so far. You just think, where's the ceiling? But if the players don't know where the ceiling is, then who knows where we can go, Paul? But obviously, you know, looking at looking at the stats, talking about the tackles, Alex Gerrard, 28 tackles, Callum Watkins, 28 tackles, Andy Ackers, 34 tackles, Elijah Taylor, 46 tackles, Sam Luffley, 31 tackles, and Ryan Lannan, 22 tackles. Park it, hell of a shift there. Yeah, like I said before about Elijah Taylor, 40 odd tackles in that heat, no thanks. I wouldn't have fancied that. And, he, you know, he did his bit with the ball as well, leading from the front again. Uh, just wanted to, before we carry on, we're going about, go back to Callum Watkins. And okay. I think think something about uh, Paul mentioned about his injuries he's had. You know, he's, he, he, he had a bad one when he was at Leeds and then he went to Oz and it didn't quite work. He didn't play as much. And, and then he's been here and he missed the best part of the year 
with us, perhaps, you know, touch whatever this is, but perhaps some injuries have, uh, have extended his career in a strange way. He hasn't played as much as perhaps he might have done. Mm-hmm. And he's he's now got this second lease of life, if you like, a bit of a, a you know, a renaissance maybe. He's certainly not old. And if he's going to play back row, he's, you know, he's got, he's got everything. And I watched him on Sunday again and he came off in front of us and, and he got that kind of ovation that I don't, I don't know. It gives you a bit of a warmth when you heard it. And I think he felt it that everybody just went, that was unbelievable. What you've just produced out there today was first class. And he rarely comes off, does he? I mean, he doesn't, doesn't usually get subbed. It's not, but obviously Paul Rowley looked at the score, looked at the heat and thought, you know, get as many players rested as we possibly can. But going back to the, to the, the tackles there, I mean, Ryan Lannan, we never even mentioned Ryan Lannan. We never mentioned him ever. And he comes into the team again. I just got stuck in. Another, what was it, 20-odd tackles? And he yeah. came off. He, he didn't seem to play that many minutes for me, I didn't think. I wondered whether he was carrying a knot going into the game and they were managing him. Mm, I thought that because I thought he was out for the season. But when he was yeah. when he came, I thought it was like, what are you doing here? But yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's a... He's a, he's a, he's a, like I say, I, I like him on an edge. I think he's got great feet and I think he's quick for the second row. But he does work as well, uh, Paul. And uh, yeah, you know, you need players like him in your squad. To, to get the best out of everybody. Yeah, certainly, certainly, Ryan Lennon, he did a good job. I'm with you guys. I didn't think he played many minutes. Just echoing what Parky said there about uh, Callum Watkins. My dad said exactly the same thing to me on Sunday, you know, about, you know, the injuries prolonging his career. So, you know, you both you both come up with that one. So, uh, so yeah, I think you're right, spot on. Another player as well who, who, who I thought was excellent on Sunday, and I don't know if he signed a new contract yet, Sam Luckley. Mm-hmm. I know Sam wasn't tied up for... Um, for next season, as far as I heard, he was in talks with the club last time I spoke to him, and um, I hope he stays because he's a cracking character, and I think he's playing really well. He's getting better and better every every week, and you know he he's not been around Super League that long. His first year last season, his second year this season. Now he's starting to to do more work, to do more tackles. He looks fitter. He's making more yards. It's a shame he got suspended. I don't know what it was for. I don't I don't remember seeing what it was for. I think it was a trip or something. I, I've not seen the highlights, so I'd have to have a look at it. But I thought he had a cracking game on uh, on, on Sunday. Really got stuck in. So hopefully that gets uh, gets sorted out as well. Yeah. Um, top meter makers. Uh, Ryan Bradley, 112. Callum Watkins, 84. Croft, 130. Andy Ackers, 93. Um, Jack Armouride 77 Sam Luckley 78 and Dion Cross 139 Parker yeah brilliant I mean I know we, we, we look at big figures for that but when you think how little ball we had for such long periods of that game <sighs> they're tremendous I mean Brody Croft making that many as he can he, he's, he's fearless he really is not only is he a, a top quality player you know he's got all the skills he doesn't mind taking the line on he doesn't mind you know, if someone wants to come in and try and clatter him, fine. That's you know, he's happy with that, and his defence as well on on Sunday was was unreal for a halfback. Um, but yeah, no, they're really good again. Almondroyd making making decent meters. You know, in that he you've got to share it about a bit. Um, and, and then Dion Cross, we mentioned him earlier. He just shows because he's going to get the ball out wide. He's not he's not getting it like the foot like the the winger does and gets a free. 10, 15 metres to charge the ball back in. He's getting it in the middle of the play. Um, and that, they're tremendous metres, really good. Uh, and I'm just, just so encouraging, really, when you think that we, we are lacking in forwards. I don't keep banging on about it. But then the backs are taking the ball and taking responsibility. 
for, for you know to take a bit of that work rate off their mads, and that's that just shows again going back to Paul Rollyway and, and getting the whole team together and having that one one for all kind of you know uh, ethic, I suppose. And uh, no, brilliant. Uh, some some really good stats there. To be fair, and um, I know you can read a lot into stats and you can do what you want with them at times, but I think I think what what you've just said there is what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Chris Fisher, brilliant in defence. Ackers, Paul D, defence was incredible. Croft, uh, Duncan and Duncan, do many mistakes. Duncan, jump on the fun bus with everyone else. David Deakin, 32 answered points. Defence wins games, too many to mention. Uh, your mate, Roy Ellaby, hot, hot, hot. Paul, uh, and he, say, he thinks every one of them should have been given the man of the match after... The eight minute performance, uh, but he thinks Andy Ackers are Sam Luckley. Yeah, you struggle to argue with that. I think you could have picked anybody. It's like sometimes it's what you what you like, isn't it? Really, what entertains you as a as a person. Some people like you know the the uh, the creative of the halfbacks or, or the scoring tries. I think uh, was it Ken Sue got the, the, the official man of the match, didn't he? So you could have given it anybody. I think the whole side played well there, and everybody. As I said before, everybody did the job. Everybody contributed, and. Uh, that's that, That's what you want. If you get that, you're going to win matches. Yeah. Nicholas Fletcher, immense defence. Taylor, David Snape, uh, Ackers, Ricky P and his dogs in sale. Simply, super Salford. Cross, David Snape. Uh, incredible defence. No slackers. That's for Colin Reynolds. Defence with outstanding Ackers. Natalie Taylor, who I think brought the ball on for the 150 club this week, which which was fantastic. Outstanding team performance. Uh, she gives it to everybody. John Way. Season's best defence, Lafay, Richard Martin, watertight defence, Taylor, Mark, 17 heroes performance, Taylor, Sarah Bocott, outstanding one team, Brody Croft, Stephen Jones, absolutely fantastic, give you that one, Taylor, uh, Stuart Smart, effort, togetherness, spirit, Taylor, Colin Wilson, fantastic team performance, everybody, Mike Singleton, what a team, OSF, top defensive effort, Armandroyd, Scott, wow, 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 yeah, that's that's probably about right. KDL teamwork tough. Steve Bennett, true team spirit. James Hoskinson, absolutely, really fantastic. Ackers, Tom Kitchen, Red Brick Wall, CO, Pauline Howe, Magic Man of the Match, all of them. And the final one was Paul Hardman. So if we get battered, Man of the Match is one to 17. So yeah, you know, a bit of a mix there, Parker. Very much so. Andy Acker's getting a lot of mentions, which is which is fantastic because I've said it a few weeks running now. I think he's been in outstanding form, um, a real sort of a real. I'm going to use the word again, a real form player at the moment, probably in the best of his career. Um, and he was superb the other day. He he led from the front. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't speak out enough of Andy um, and Elijah Taylor. As we said earlier, he was in everything. Uh, he, he got plenty of mentions there. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised Croft didn't get a few more. I'll be honest. I, I thought I thought he was just outstanding. I thought at times he, he looked a little bit unplayable. Um, but that's him every week, isn't it? I think I think he start getting used to that a bit aloof with it and thinking, well, yeah, that's what he does. But what does everybody else bring? Um, but yeah, no, he shared about a lot a lot of different different views. But I think. I think the one thing that came out of that was that, yeah, from one to seventeen, they were all they all deserve a you know a pat on the back, and sadly they can't all get points for it. But um, 
No, it'd be interesting to work that one out. I think Andy Ackers might have just edged it. Yeah. So that's our chat about the men and their victory against Catalan Dragons. And now we'll look and see what's going on in the world of Soul Devils. So, looking at the big news stories of the week, Parker, transfer deadline day uh, this week, uh, 22nd of July. Obviously, we've uh, a bit low on numbers, but it seems like everyone else is in the Super League, so it's going to be a, a difficult uh, task to prize somebody away from somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a whole of, of signing somebody today in Australia until the end of the year. We, we've seen both sides of this, I think. We've seen where Jacko and, and Joey Lussett came in and it made an unbelievable difference. You see it other times you bring players in and you think, oh, if we bothered doing this far. At the moment, we, we could do with bodies. We're not going to get anybody because we are skinny. Let's be honest, we're not bringing people in. Uh, I don't think this is going to affect us. And if we do, you know, brilliant. But... Um, no, the, the, I think that I mean Wigan went and, and got uh, thingy from Warrington. Oh well, Warrington offloaded um, Cooper to him, um, but they, I don't think there'd be an awful lot of movement now at this time of the year. I think it's, I know most teams are struggling, but the reason you know because they're struggling, they're not going to offload players. So everybody needs everybody at the moment. I think I think the you know the speed of the game and everything else is catching up with people a little bit. There's more injuries, more players missing time, and. Let's be honest, this year, I mean, when you look at the bottom half of the table, everybody can still be fighting to stay up now because of the way to lose have turned things around. You're not going to want your players to leave. You, you might be looking to bring players in, but you're not going to let anybody go. Um, normally, this time of year, things are sort of sorted a little bit. You've got a top two or three or four that you know are going to be in the playoffs. and every, I don't think it's like that this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, this... <laughs> You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago what I think about, you know, the contract mid-season and stuff like that. It's a lot of old nonsense, isn't it? But, uh, I mean, what what is the point of having a deadline, mm. by the way? Did anyone tell me? Why can't you just sign someone in another three weeks? What mm. uh, You don't know what crisis you're going to hit from now till the end of the season. So, um, we're, we're in an unfortunate position at the moment financially. I think it's, it's tough. We, hopefully, we might be able to get a body or two on loan just to see us through because like like we said before it, we could run out of people and that's that's the big problem for us we don't want to end the season you know losing a few games just because we haven't got people around so it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next few days but um, I'm not expecting us to go out and sign you know anyone from Australia or anything like that so I think it might be quiet at the AJ Bell this, for the next few weeks I've got visions of Paul King taking up floorboards in his house, Paul, trying to find the, the treasure underneath the floorboards. And Paul Rowley looking up over his shoulder, just seeing if there's anything under there. Um, if obviously he does find the gold, um, what positions do you think we uh, we have to strengthen in? Um, well, obviously the pack. You, you pack a forwards. Um, there's one mystery that's, that that's, I can't get me out of the moment. Greg Burke. He never seems to get a lucky anymore. And he's a forward, so... Uh, I know he spent a bit of time on, on loan, hasn't he? He was at Barrow, wasn't he? So he just doesn't seem to be in the side at the moment. So he, he could be somebody that comes in, fresh face. Um, I know it's Matty Costello as well, who's not featured much. So they're two players that might get a look in, you know, with this, this injury crisis. But no, I think if you did have some money or, or we did find a, 
20 quid down the couch or whatever, you'd be looking at, I think your back row or, or, or a prop, wouldn't you? That's what you'd be looking at. I think the rest of the side, really, we're pretty settled, aren't we? We've got people who can move about. Like I said before, with Chris Atkin, he's in and out of the team and around the side, he can move it into certain places. So, yeah, I think it's the forwards, isn't it? That's what that's what's going to win you the games, isn't it? And that's where you're losing numbers. And it, it just shows you, I mean, losing Harvey Levette and Tyler Dupree in the Magic Weekend, I thought... When I saw them two coming out at the end of the game, how unlucky is that? You know, no other club seems to 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 get the injuries like we do at the moment. It's every week you see somebody out and you forget about the likes of James Greenwood, who's out for the season, become a forgotten man, King Bunny, you are Shane Wright, Amir Burra, I think he's out for the season. I've seen him with a leg with one of the leg brace things on. So the amount of people with, with sort of leg injuries and, and things like that, it's um, I've never known a season like it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the reserves uh, went wild camping this weekend, Parker. Climbed a couple of mountains, a uh, bit of team bonding uh, going on for Stuart Wilkinson's men. Yeah, it's usually a good thing, that, isn't it? Usually, you know, because obviously, like we said, this year these lads are all just been put together, haven't they? They, they won't know each other that well and what they thought. And it's a good chance to, to get to know each other a bit more. And the more time they spend together, you know, the better they'll become. Yeah, they've had, a, they've had an interesting season as well, haven't they, really, up and down. But, uh, yeah, no, it's good to get away. And I think if you, if you can and you, at this time of the year, you've not you've not got a game, freshen it up, you know, give them something different. Otherwise, it's the same Monday. They haven't, you know, if they didn't have a game last weekend, what were they going to be doing? You know, they're not going to see each other. They're probably not going to train together. Um, my dog's just gone mad. Um and uh, yeah, he's not happy about it either. But yeah, that was good. Good to say. I did read about it. Yes, yeah, I've seen it on Facebook and so on. It, it was really good. You hot? I know. <laughs> Other news, Paul. The club were involved in a World Cup promo at West Hart and Lions, both ladies and men. With the trophies, it's great. Obviously, we, you know we're, we're involved in pushing the the World Cup, and it's not far off now. No, it's not. Well, it's. it's... Just a shame it didn't happen last year, but I think it whetted everybody's appetite for this year. Uh, I've got some tickets for a couple of the matches and um, looking forward to going. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a real festival of rugby league. And just watching the um, the state of origin in the NRL the last couple of weeks, looking at some of them players there, thinking, blimey, these are coming over here. I'm going to get to see these play. Even though they, they've probably got a great chance of beating us, it's going to be great to see. These, these top players coming over to these shows it's always special you know whether it's a test series a tri-nations or a World Cup so yeah great that the club are involved in that and uh, don't forget you've got the Ladies World Cup the Wheelchair World Cup it's going to be a real festival of rugby league isn't it so uh, I, I can't wait for it like you said it's not that long off now I, I was looking at our fixtures the other day and I think our last game to start of September the season finishes a bit earlier this time so um, so yeah it'll soon be here the World Cup yeah Ben Helliwell signs on a two week loan uh, Paul Parkey says there's no one else coming in but it's a, it's a good sign we've got him in at least for two weeks to have a look at him and see if we can keep him for the rest of the season yeah is that for me that question yeah I spoke, yeah, to, Park, spoke to Parkey about the transfer thing yeah I, I thought um, it was he did well you know he's been around I think he uh, come through the system at Warrington didn't he played a number of years at Lee um, I didn't think he was as old as what he is. I think he was 30, 31, but it didn't look that when I saw him. But I thought he played well. He settled in straight away, did a few good runs and looked, didn't look out of place in the team. So, you know, Featherstone, like Lee, 
you know, they're both in the championship, but they've got probably got squads that are double the size of ours, aren't they? Yeah. The players they've got. So uh, if we could extend that loan, perhaps and have him for a couple more weeks or maybe the rest of the season, I think he'd be a, a useful addition to the squad. He's a big lad, and uh, and yeah, I was impressed with him. Yeah. Uh, final bit of news, Parker. The uh, club are running a focus group for trying to get the Junior Devils going again. I know you uh, original Junior Devil back in the glory days. Uh, there's a meeting on the 20th of July, 7pm at the AJ Bell, which is tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So it'd be great if obviously people can go down there and, and mould uh, this uh, future uh, Junior Devils. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just thinking back a long time ago, we used to have the... Uh... You have your meetings in the uh, in, in the banqueting thing at the Willows, the top floor. Um, a couple of players had come down, maybe Kevin Ashcroft and people, you know, the manager and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's something we've we've we struggled with. We tried to set up again not long ago, didn't we? But it just didn't quite work. And I, I'm glad that the club are looking for help. You know, you can't do everything on that skeleton staff that they've got. Mm. It's just not possible, and they need the help from outside and um, you know, I, I'm not a parent, but but Paul is. He, you know, he, the parents are more in tune with what what, you, what your kids want than you know than, than the club maybe. And if they can offer up the help and say, why don't we do this? Why don't we try this? Why don't we give this to them? Or, I mean, just just for these these kids to see the players. You see at the end of the game when the players go around and you know have the photos and sign the shirts and that kind of thing. They're all absolutely. You know, these kids have got beaming smiles. They love it, and that's what brings them back. That's what they want to be part of. If they got to spend an hour or two with them in a, in a room, at, you know, once a month or something like that, with these players, get to ask them questions, get to, or whatever, or run a little training thing, or what, you know, for, for for them junior doubles members, it makes a massive difference. And we've got to get these kids now. You know, you, you've got it. You, the, the, there's a load of kids watching Salford. It's brilliant every week. You, you you see them. They all turn up in the, the local amateur club shirts and all that. It's it's great to see. We we need to capitalise on that, and I hope I hope people do go down. I mean, it's you know, I don't think there's any point in me going. I don't I don't really know what I've got to offer, but you know, people with you know parents with, with their kids and stuff like that who know, you know, what other clubs do as well, or not clubs, but like other, you know, maybe youth clubs or you know, some might go to Cubs or Girl Guides or whatever, you know, how they do things, how they run little things, and um, yeah, it'd be good to get the ideas from people. And I hope I hope it's well attended. Paul, anything you'd like to add to that? No, just echo what Parker said, really. I mean, I think it's great to start up again, you know, Junior Devils, and that is, you know, I was introduced to that by my dad when I started going and used to go to the Christmas parties and, you know, I've still got some photos of me and Aloise, actually. Aloise used to go quite a lot. She still does every now and again and thinks she won a fancy dress competition or something. I can't remember what she dressed as, but you used to have all sorts of stuff like that and, and we loved it and, that, that that's what got you into it and you know Tex Evans and people like that coming down and I remember one one Christmas they were sat talking to Mark Lee and must have been sat talking to him about an hour or something such a lovely bloke and he was just like one of you one of one of us and, and, and that's to me that me speaking personally that's how I, my bond with Salford started really through, through Junior Devils and I remember getting a little mug with, with Salford on and a little ball and that and picture list on the wall I was like five or six seven year old and I've never looked back really and that's it's a little thing, but it's a little thing that's sort of given me a lifetime of enjoyment. I mean, I'm not saying everything's been beer and skittles. It hasn't. I've, had, I've cried after games like you two have, and I've been upset and things like that. But I wouldn't imagine my life without it. And I think that's what 
I'm taking my, you know, you take Rory with you, don't you, Robin? My daughter started coming now and she absolutely loves it. And um, I get a bit funny now. She starts telling me about who's playing next week and I've just seen this on my phone and, you know, is uh, Ryan Briley in the team this week? And, and and it's great. I think when kids get in, involved in sport like that from an early age, you think you've got them hooked for life. So if they do get this junior devils back, I think it's a real, real big thing. And like Parky said, though, it's difficult with the with the staff at Salford, isn't it? If we could just get some more people involved to help out, it would would uh, would share the load like. Yeah, now we're all misty eyed and, and tears, joyful tears rolling down our faces. Let's get angry, Paul. <laughs> get angry now. Let's talk about John Wilkin winding everyone up. You've been on Twitter this weekend. You said to me, you asked me about this John Wilkin thing on, on the on the podcast. I'll tell you what I think. Paul right. tell me what you go. Think. Oh, thanks. You're gonna give me a platform. Right, I'll tell you what, one one thing's for sure, right? I never swear on Twitter and I never swear on Facebook and I never would do. I'd never call anybody out because I'm not that sort of person. And I won't call John Wilkin out because he's probably a nice fellow. I've said I to him at the matches before. I just thought what he said. I don't know, he's a bit of a low blow, really, but I understand it from both points of view. He's a pundit and that's what he gets paid to do. So he's not a Salford supporter. So it's his opinion, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I just thought it was a bit of a funny one because he sort of said, oh, they're a bit spineless. I thought, well, Hull have just got beat 60 0 at Wigan. And they've got a bigger squad than us and a bigger salary cap. Hull are like the, I don't know, they spend loads of money every season and, they, and, and never really do anything. And same with Warrington. You look at them. I mean, if anyone's spineless, it's them. So I just didn't get that. And then he was sort of saying, Warrington, all these other sides can make the playoffs, but Salford can't. So it was like, is that you just don't want us to make the play? I, I don't. I just didn't get what his argument really where he was coming from. Sometimes when I watch Sky, I just feel like they don't really want us to do well um, and never have a good word to say about us. So I, I don't know. I mean, I've not got an agenda against any club. Um, I'm a rugby league supporter. I'm a Salford supporter, but I also love the sport and I want us to see teams do well. Um, and if there's a good news story, sometimes. You know, I think you should follow it, and I think you know people should give Salford a bit of credit this season, as we were saying before, with it regarding the ladies and everything that they're doing. It'd be nice for somebody from the outside to say, "Well, look what they're doing." No, hats off to them. No, rather because Twitter and Facebook, to me, and all these other social media platforms, get very negative. You know, I always think it's. I've always been brought up me as it's better to say something good about somebody than to say something bad about somebody, you know, especially in this day and age, now they talk about mental health and all that sort of stuff. I don't know, people just seem to slag people off for no reason. I just didn't get John Wilkins' point, really. I'm not having a go at him. I don't know him, but I just just thought it was a bit of a silly thing to say. When he started his his monologue there, Parker, with, I don't normally swear on Twitter, Uh, I thought, here we go, let's get the Ryan Wilkinson bleeper out. No, I never did that. Which was good. But what what do you think, uh, Parker, what do you reckon of it? Obviously, you know, he said what he said. Like Paul said, he's a pundit. He's there to to shock, and uh, it kind of did. Right. Well, I I was the opposite, and I did swear on Facebook. <laughs> um, I think the man's a clown, if I'm honest with you, and I have done for years. Uh, he loves the sound of his own voice. He's, he's got. He wants to be controversial. He thinks he's Stevo in, in so many ways, but without the class. He. he he comes out. He come out with that statement because I think he just run out of things to say. He didn't know what he wanted to say, hmm. and he goes, "Oh, well, Salford. Oh, yeah, I've got to think of something now. Why can't they make it?" I, I mentioned today to somebody. Remember twenty? Was it twenty nineteen? And he was interviewing Mark Flanagan, his best mate. Mark Flanagan was the Salford skipper at the time, basically laughing at the fact that Salford couldn't make the grand final. 
and we'd only be taking 2,000 fans anyway. He's clearly got an agenda against Salford. He doesn't like us. But the man, I don't, I don't understand why he has to come out with it. And when you say it's his job, no, he's a pundit. He's there to comment, but he doesn't have to be disrespectful when he does it. Mm. He could have just said, look, in my eyes, I don't think Salford have perhaps got the squad to make the playoffs. It's the same fact, but to question these professional players on their attitude and what they've got, the minerals. I'll tell you what, they're every bit as good as him. I don't know who he thinks he is because he wasn't Ellery Hanley in his playing days. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't that. He was a decent-ish player in a very good team. And for me, I've said it for years, he was like Chris Charles, but with a yard extra pace. That is it. He wasn't that good. So I don't know who he thinks he is. That's what really annoys me. And these people, you put them on the TV, you going, they come out with stuff like that. You're like, no. No, I'm sorry, you're wrong for Chris. He's got no right to say that. Where are we in the table right now? Everybody below us wants to be being questioned like that. Not us. Mm. We're doing far better. At the start of the season, we've said it every week, people said we'd be in the bottom three. I mean, we still might, who knows. But we've probably got the smallest budget in the Super League and the smallest squad. But somehow, we're fighting for the playoffs. Mm. If that's a team with no backbone and no minerals, I don't know what the rest of the league are up to, to be honest with you. The man is a clown. <laughs> looking, look, Obviously, looking at the stats, uh, there are seven teams with worse points differences than us. There's, there's three teams that have conceded more than us, but we are, like I said, best of the rest when it comes to playoffs. So, you know, I'd, I'd say to him, if I, if I bumped into him, I'd thank him. I'd thank him mm-hmm. for triggering everybody. Mm-hmm. Because this season... You know, it's been a tough one, hasn't it? We've had injuries, we've had suspensions, and like I think you said before, Parker, players uh, will will start to feel the burn. And what he said there, then players have took that in. First thing Paul Rowley said when he walked into that that, that uh, press conference on on Sunday was, "Well, we still plenty of minerals there, didn't we?" Triggered everybody. Everybody is up now, so that's going to help our cause going forward to that to to a playoff. You know, potentially a playoff spot. Um, so I thank him, really, and then I turn around to the players and say, "Look, he don't think you're good enough, and I'm, and you know, are you going to show him what what you you've got?" Remember, we were in 2019, but 2019 we got to the grand final for exactly the same. But we the misfits were in 2019, and you know the players reacted to that. We spoke to to Greg Burke previously on on you know podcasts a long time ago, and he, he was talking about when they were in Costa Coffee, talking about you know whether they can make it, and we're all, we can do it. Can we do it? Can we do it? And then eventually they did, and it's that belief that will grow and grow. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd thank him for, for for triggering everybody and just watch us go, Paul. Yeah, I mean sometimes I agree with what Parkinson says. I think if you are a pundit and you're on a television like that, you should be respectful to people. I mean, I, I wouldn't go on there and, and slag another club off and, and say, Oh, they're 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 rubbish and they and this, that and the other. You should be a bit respectful. I mean, I think Barry McDermott, I mean, not a big fan of him. I mean, he's all right, but uh, you know, another player that to me wasn't a great player, he was more of a cheap shot merchant, but that's another story. But I think what he said was um, he's quite respectful. He sort of said, I don't think they'll make it, which is which is great. But to start having a go at a team, I think, for me, I've always thought, in rugby league, there's a lot of snobbery. It's mm. a very parochial sport. You've got mm. your Wigan, your St. Ellen's, your Warrington, who look down on other... I, I always think teams look down on teams, and I've always thought that. And there's certain teams that are looked on with favour, like 
everybody loves Castleford. Castleford yeah. little ground with a white gate round it and all that, and they're great. Hull are great, the big city, Hull KR, the great derby and all that. And little Salford sort of always get left left at the bottom, and I've always thought that. I don't know, you might say I'm wrong, but I just think, to me, all clubs should be, in, if you're in that top flight and you're a pundit, you should treat all the teams with a bit of respect. Same with Wakefield, I mean... A lot of people have been slagging them off recently. They're probably like us. Don't spend it near the cap. They got promoted in 1998. They've never been relegated. Mm. They've always battled and, and done well. And I admire them. Really admire them. So, so yeah, I didn't really get where he's coming from. I do think there's an awful lot of snobbery in rugby league. And I think pundits like John Wilkins seem to think they've had, like, elocution lessons. And they do try and, I mean, with him, he does try and cut with the big words, the big fancy words and things like that. Well, that's up to him. I, I think he just got a bit tongue-tied there and... Perhaps the sun had got to him or something, I don't know. It just seemed a bit of a bit of a daft thing to say, uh, really, because I didn't know where he was coming from with the, the bit about the, the spinelessness or whatever he said, or the backbone, because we'd been playing pretty well. I mean, against Huddersfield, we didn't get absolutely lamped, did we? we? You know, 30 points to 80. It was a close game, so it's not... We've not been beating 60-0. I mean, you look at Hull, they got beat 6-0 at Wigan. They got beat with 60 points at home to Leeds mm. uh, a few weeks ago. And for all this love of Castleford, we beat them twice this season. We beat Leeds twice this season. So we're, we're in, in and amongst the, for me, in and amongst it. So, yeah, a bit of a daft argument, really. So you nodding along there, Parkay. Always miss it was a fist pump at the end. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I agree with everything, especially about the snobbery thing. I, 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 get, I get the feeling if Salford had 8,000 fans every week, you wouldn't say things like that. We'd be looked at very differently. Easy I think, target, I think because we haven't got many fans. You can't offend us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it doesn't matter. Just say what you want about them because they're not going to be worried anyway. There's nobody turns up. You know what I mean? It's, we're as loyal and as passionate as any other supporter and more so than many of the bigger clubs. But yeah, I, don't, I just don't get... I, I don't I don't understand his point at all. He, he, in fact, he's made himself a bit of a mug, if, if we're honest. And like you say, Rob, I mean, we can use that against him. And like yeah. you mentioned, about being called misfits or whatever by was it Phil Clark back in 2019 and Clark he's I think Clark is a bit of a Salford file isn't he I think he quite likes us I know he's, he's old fella obviously played for us but even he had a bit of a, a dig about oh he's a bit of a dad's army you know he got all the cast offs from all these other teams and the players must have listened to that you know maybe Watto had a word at the time and said this is what people think and it just motivates you and you know next thing you're walking out Old Trafford in front of you know, I don't know, 70,000 people or whatever. So, yeah, hopefully we can use this. And it's just that extra bit of gas when maybe we we might have started to lose some. He's, he's, he's pumped us up again. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's something that Sky have created, isn't it? And he's getting a bit of a character of himself. And that's what he's doing. He's just trying to advance himself. And by being controversial and picking out a team, He's, he's OK. It'll be interesting to see what kind of reception he gets next time he's at the AJ Belt, right? But, um, yeah, uh, I think I think his name might get chanted a few times. But, um, yeah, no, fair play. If it works for us, keep keep get, keep going at us. In fact, all the bit half I can start next if he wants. I'm not bothered. You know. The price of petrol these days probably our transfer budget, that. Uh, <laughs> Put it yeah. in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, bring it on. Obviously, players all know. Players know. You know, you could sense it. I think that was part of the, the reason for that sort of second half defensive effort. So bring it on. Keep telling us we're not going to make it. And you never know. So that's all the news. And we'll now see what's going on in Whiteside's world of rugby league.
Here is this week's Dev of the Detail Amateur Report and uh, World of Rugby League. Apologies if you can hear the engine running, but I've got my air conditioner on because it's about 38 degrees outside, so I'm absolutely melting as I record this. We'll start off this week with the National Conference Leagues. Hats off to anybody who played rugby league last weekend or any sort of sport because it was absolutely baking, wasn't it? But uh, but yeah, Saturday the 16th of July, Hunslet Club Parkside 44, Rochdale Mayfield 0. That was a Premier Division result. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers 24, Ince Rosebridge 48. In Division 3, there was uh, two wins there for the Oldham teams. Oldham St. Hans beat Millham 28 points to 6 and Eastmoor Dragons 6, Waterhead Warriors 56. Well, moving on now to the Northwest Men's League. There's not much to write home about, really. Quite a lot of no results and postponements uh, on Saturday in Division 1. Berry Broncos 16, Lee Minor Rangers A40. Folly Lane beat Dalton by 30 points to 16. Uh, in Division 2, Caddy's Head Rangers had a good win. They beat Hindpool Tigers by 44 points to 6. The fixtures for this week, Saturday the 23rd of July. Wigan St Cuthberts face Berry Broncos in Division 1, along with Hayes Finch against Folly Lane. Division 2, West Orton Lions are at home to Pilkington Rex A. Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield there at home to Holton Sims Cross. In Division 4, South Finney's Higginshaw face Burtonwood Bridge. Langworthy Reds are against Clockface Miners A. And Oldham St Anne's A face Waterhead Warriors A. Well, moving on to the North West Youth League, there's just one result from the weekend just gone. That was on Sunday in the under-16s. It was Lee East nil, Folly Lane 26. That was a Division 1 uh, result. There are no fixtures this week. The competition is now closed for the school holidays. So we'll give you the results and fixtures as soon as that starts up again. Well, moving across to the NRL, it was round 18 in the NRL uh, this weekend just gone Parramatta Eels beat New Zealand Warriors by 28 points to 18 Sydney Roosters 54 St George Illawarra 26 Manly Seagulls 42 Newcastle Knights 12 Gold Coast Titans 12 Brisbane Broncos 16 West Tigers 16 Penrith Panthers 18 that was bottom against top so great effort from the Tigers but Penrith Panthers just coming away with that West were winning that one by 16 points to 12 but uh, but beating 18 points to 16 in a cracking match Melbourne Storm 16 Canberra Raiders 20, Canterbury Bulldogs 28, South Sydney Rabbitohs 36 and North Queensland Cowboys 12, Cronulla Sharks 26. So the league table at the moment is fascinating, Parramatta Real stay top, they've got 34 points, North Queensland Cowboys is second with 26, Cronulla's got 26, Melbourne 24, Brisbane 24, Parramatta Real 24, South Sydney Rabbitohs 22 and Manly Seagulls 20. So it's anybody's game to get into those playoffs. The fixtures for this week, Thursday, Parramatta Reels play Brisbane Broncos 10.50 on Sky. Friday, 9 o'clock, St. George Illawarra against Manly Seagulls. Newcastle Knights against Sydney Roosters at 10.55. On Saturday, it's Canberra Raiders against New Zealand Warriors at 6am. The two Sky games at 8.30, Penrith Panthers against Cronulla Sharks. And at 10.35, it's South Sydney Rabbitohs against Melbourne Storm. And on Sunday, Canterbury Bulldogs face Gold Coast Titans at 5am. And at 5 past 7, it's North Queensland Cowboys against the West Tigers. We'll turn our attention now to domestic action. We'll start off with the Super League. The World of Rugby League might not have thought Salford were good enough to make the front pages of the papers. League Express went with Wigan's uh, seven tries for Bevan French. Salford got a bit of a headline at the bottom, which was a bit disappointing, but great win for Salford. 32 points to six against the Catalan Dragons. And you know some things were said, I think, the day before on Sky Television by a couple of pundits, but uh, we won't listen to them because 32 to six against Catalan Dragons is a, is a great result for Salford Red Devils. Casford Tigers, they beat Warrington 35 points to 22. Hulkingston Rovers 15 Wakefield Trinity 10 St. Helens 25 Huddersfield Giants 0 Toulouse Olympic beat Leeds Rhinos on Saturday by 20 points to 6 and Wigan Warriors beat Hull 60 points to 0 on, on Friday so uh, some, some big scores there but Toulouse Olympics win 
has given them 10 points. It's taken them above Wakefield at the bottom of the table. Wakefield are now bottom with 10. Toulouse 10, Warrington 14, Leeds 15, Hull KR 16, Salford 16. So uh, it's really hotting up down there now. Bradford Bulls in the uh, Betfred Championship round 19 were beaten at home 30 points to 12 by London Broncos. An improving London Broncos side. Dewsbury Rams 6, Lee Centurions 60, Halifax Panthers 58, Workington Town 10, Sheffield Eagles 32, Barrow Raiders 36, Whitehaven 24, Featherstone Rovers 46. A big performance from Whitehaven, who's struggling down the bottom of the table. They led 12-10 at half-time against Featherstone, but beating them in the end 46-24. Witnesses' revival continues. They beat Newcastle Thunder by 33 points to 26. Last Monday, Halifax Panthers beat York City Knights by 36 points to 10. The Panthers, bit of a dark horse there in third in the table. So that leaves the league table at the moment in the championship. Leah top with 36 points. Featherstone, 33. Halifax, 28. Batley, 26. York City Knights 26 and Barrow 25. Witness are now up to 7th with 18 points after their revival and a new coach John Keir. Betfred League 1 round 15. Hunslet 43. London Scholars 16. Keithley 68. Cornwall 0. Oldham 12. Doncaster 64. Swinton Lions 54. Midland Hurricanes 22. And West Wales Raiders 4. North Wales Crusaders 76 the fixtures for this week there was a game on Monday between York City Knights and Batley Bulldogs I'm not too sure how that one went on to be honest with you. I should have found out sorry about that uh, Thursday is Leeds against Wigan Warriors that's an 8 o'clock kickoff on Sky Friday Hull FC face Casford on the telly at 8 o'clock Hull, uh, Warrington also face Hull KR at 8 o'clock on Saturday it's Catalans against Huddersfield at 5 o'clock Toulouse Olympic against Salford at 7 o'clock and Newcastle Thunder against Dewsbury in the Championship is at 3 o'clock Betfred League 1 on Saturday there's a game on the Owl League app that's Cornwall against Swin at two. There's a couple of games as well. North Wales Crusaders play at tea time against Hunslet and West Wales Raiders plays Oldham at three o'clock. On Sunday the 24th of July at three o'clock, Wakefield face St. Helens in the Championship. All these games kick off at three o'clock. Barrow against Bradford, Batley against Widnes, Featherston against York City Knights, London against Halifax Panthers, Sheffield Workington and Whitehaven against Lee Centurions. There's two three o'clock games in Betford League One between Midlands Hurricanes and Keith Lacugas and finally Rochdale Hornets are at home to London Scholars that's all I've got for you this week hopefully see you in a couple of weeks when Salford face St Helens I can't make it to, to lose myself not being able to get a flight and I've got a few other bits and pieces on so I won't be over there gutted to be missing that but good luck to Salford and enjoy the journey if you're travelling over there and take care of yourselves see you soon ta-da so that was Whiteside World of Rugby League and now we'll look at what's going on with all our teams this week in our big match preview <laughs> So we'll start with the PDRL team. They're in a festival in Wigan uh, uh, Parkett. You know, it's it's the Welsh contingent plus uh, our local uh, players uh, representing the club. Um, you know, it's going to be a good day. Yeah, should be. Should be the weather should be still all right as well. Not 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 so what. Um yeah, great. I, I like these festivals they do. I think it's a good idea rather than just having, you know, the chance of playing one game and you know that's it, off you go. So I think it, it makes a whole a day of it, doesn't it? And it's it's great to get everybody together. We were just talking earlier on, weren't we, about you know John Wilkin and what he said about and how that disrupts and gives a, a bit of a bitter taste. Watching this, watching these these guys play and, and be with Wigan players and Wakefield players or Warrington, whoever, it changes your whole aspect on life, I think, when you see you just it's brilliant. It, it's it's uplifting and it shows what 
what rugby league is really all about when you get these together. And um, I think yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a successful day. I mean, if we're going to host in it, I'm sure it will be anyway. That you know, what great club and um, they, if they don't do rugby league right, nobody will. So um, yeah, it should be it should be a good day. Like I say, hopefully the weather's nice and. Those, you know, like myself, not travelling to Toulouse. If you can get there, get there. Go and enjoy it. Get a day out and go and watch some rugby. Yeah, it's on Saturday. It's at St. Cuthbert's ARLFC at Montrose Avenue, Wigan, postcode WN59XN. Salford kick off their first fixture against Warrington at 11.45. They play Leeds at 20 past 12, and then they play Wakefield at 1 o'clock. So, yeah, if you want... If you you know, I'd go down and support them if you can. Obviously, hopefully, it might be nice weather. They'll be they'll be doing you know some good stuff down there. I reckon. Um, other teams, the reserves are away at Hull KR. Paul, uh, obviously after their mountain expedition, wild camping, uh, they'll be fired up and uh, ready to uh, probably eat Hull KR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure that trip's done in the world of good, hasn't it? Especially in the the heat and the weather as well. I bet it's been uh, bet it's been tough going, but no, that's going to bring uh, bring the team together. Good bit of team bonding, and yeah, and they've had a had a bit of an up and down season, like Parky was saying before. But uh, but yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing how they go this weekend. They're progressing all the time, aren't they? That's the main thing, and I'm sure they're going to go from strength to strength. I mean, first real season, first real crack at it. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be improvements made in the, in the next season. You've got full, another full pre-season behind the, behind the lads. So, uh, so, yeah, looking to see how they go this weekend. Good luck to them. Yeah, the ladies are in action away at Jews Remore. Away on Sunday. Postcode for that uh, that stadium or ground is uh, WF133NU. Uh, Paul, and obviously, you know, the ladies in good form. Uh, they beat Jews Remore in the semi-final. They beat them in the league earlier on in the season. And so hopefully uh, they can uh, win there and continue the the um, strides to the championship winning team. Yeah, definitely. Well, don't forget you've got the cup final haven't we? coming up as well yep. at the end of the month. Yep. So they're going to have their eyes on that. I think we mentioned that last week, but you wouldn't have thought that with the OKR game on, on Sunday. And it was terrific to see them you know, play on the, on the pitch, you know, before um, before the dementia. I think it's great to have, have both sides on like that. So, we made it a real a great day. It was two great wins. So, yeah, they've just got to keep concentrating now, knock this game off this week, and then a good uh, a good build-up then for the cup final. Yeah. So, let's talk about Toulouse, Parker. So, for travel to Toulouse on Saturday. Big game, obviously, Toulouse are fighting for the lives. And it's a kind of game that if we have the right minerals, we win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a question, um, it, it's going to be tough, isn't it? They're in some form at the moment to lose. They looked, uh, they looked really good against Wakefield at Magic when they came back into that game. They were dead and buried, and and come back and won that. And then obviously beating Leeds. I know it was a depleted Leeds team this week, and God knows what the temperature must have been in the south of France for that game. I mean, it was hot here. Can you imagine what it was like down there? Because um, I know that, that obviously Europe's been in the, the grasp of this heat wave as well. Um, tough, tough trip. I don't know what the plans are. Whether we're going on the day um, again. That's you know that's another thing you've got to contend with, you, uh, as well as the heat and, and the injuries we've got. But I'm not going to make any excuses. I think there's no reason why we can't beat them. None whatsoever. We're in great form. Uh, the confidence that that Sunday would have give us. You know we've just beaten a top three, top fourteen. They are very good. last year's you know grand finalists, and we we didn't just beat them. We 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 battered them in the end. 
And the, the players we're looking at, they'll have had a good week in training this week. You know, I'm de- I dare say they're all up for it. Um, so, yeah, as long as, you know, everything goes smoothly, gets in there and getting, you know, getting to the game. I think the temperature will cool off a little bit now when they're kicking off at, I think it's, is it seven o'clock their time? So it's in the evening, so it's a little bit cooler. Um, yeah, as long as we get bodies on the pitch, I think I think we can beat them. It will be tough, but I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose they're fighting for their lives still. You know, I know they've moved up off the bottom, but um, I think if we can win this, I, I'd start to think that all our, I know I shouldn't be thinking this way anyway, but our relegation bodies might be behind us a little bit. Mm. Um, I know there's still a long way to go, but it'd be a big, it'd be a big win for us, another away win, and I, I think, I think, I just think we deserve it, and we, you know, we we've earned the, the right to for a bit of luck maybe as well. So uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting game. Shame we can't. It's not on the telly or anything like that. It's a bit, bit of a bit of a shocker. But yeah, no, it should be a good game. And, and fingers crossed, we come through it without any injuries and come back with the two points in the bag. Who do we look out for, Paul? Who's the the danger man? The Toulouse. Paul. Too short again. Sure, that Brevin's been playing pretty well. Remember, you? you got Harrison Hansen's playing over there as well, and Tony Diego, I think, yeah. been their team, yeah. hasn't he? So they've got some some good attacking players. I think they play a nice brand of rugby. I think the coach Sylvan Hula is he's a good young coach. I think they they, they play to entertain, don't they? It's probably their defence that's let them down a bit. I mean, the last two home games they've they've had comprehensive victories, haven't they, against OKR and Leeds? I think twenty points to six and twenty eight six or something like that. So they've had good wins. A good attacking game against Wakefield coming back there showed a lot of character in that game at the Magic weekend. I think we'll do a job on them, though. You can't keep playing well. They're not near the bottom for you know they're near the bottom because they've been poor, so they're not a great side. I think I think we'll go there and get a result. I really do. I think the way we're playing, I don't think the better stop us. I don't think the better hold us out. So as long as we can defend, as long as our attitude's right and we've got the the energy and the bodies on there, I think we can we can we can beat to lose. Prediction time, Parker. What's your what's your gut telling you? I think I think we're going to win. I think it might be a few points scored from both sides. Not not overly mad, but I think uh, like Paul said, there we both we, we both play a decent brand of rugby, don't we? We like to both teams like to throw the ball about in a structure. I'm not we're not play off the cuff. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to go 26-18 to Salford. 26-18. Yeah. Is there a story behind that? Uh, no, I can't. I can't really think. I don't even know what team we're going to be able to put out. So it'd be interesting to see. But um, I'll go for I'll go for uh, Budgie to get a couple of tries. Okay. What about you, uh, Paul? Um, I, I think we'll beat them uh, 38-16. I think we'll have too much firepower for them to be honest with you. I think we're going to blow them apart. I don't, I'm not always that confident, but I, th- I think we'll, re- we'll really give them a good game. So uh, I think Dion Cross will get two tries. I'm going to go Salford to win in the heat of France. Salford 28, uh, Toulouse 6. And the same bill, Andy Akers twice. Scores twice. Not as bold as my previous uh, no. predictions, but I did predict that Kenzie would score a hat-trick this week, and he did. So I think I'm in good form. Does that get us an Andos, then? <laughs> <laughs> <Fortunately>. <laughs> 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 right, 
That was my yeah. first. Uh, that was my first thought, but no, doesn't. Got a bit of score. Right. This is it. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Really good show, and uh, parking over great show. Really enjoyed it. Good, uh, good chat. Yeah. Win. Yeah, brilliant. And again, you know, we always love it after a after a win, don't we? We could uh, rattle on about them for hours, and then you get controversial TV personalities. And yeah, no, re- really good. Really enjoyed it, lads. And uh, I was going to go and enjoy the sun, but unfortunately, it's died. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's been great, and uh, let's let's hope for another win this weekend. I know it's a long podcast, Paul, but it's not fifty-one billion years. The sun didn't die; it just went down, <laughs> Paul. And, and you know what? Obviously, last last week's uh, show, uh, Paul, it lasted for was it forty-five minutes, and it was just totally you. What's that tell you? Oh, I can talk for England. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, it was like it's hard work actually doing that on your mm. you know, just talking to yourself. Let's keep pausing it. But no, I enjoyed it. I, I love doing this, you know, and, and getting it done and, and being on with you guys. It's great. And uh, hey, do you reckon uh, John Wilkin will come on? Yeah. <laughs> he might invite us to his coffee shop. Yeah, we should go. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, it's been good. It's been good. Brilliant. <laughs> So, big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon. Ha, 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 ha.